Happy Mother's Day, everybody. This week on the Rail Splitter, the Abraham Lincoln podcast, we're going to be talking about the mothers in Lincoln's life. podcast my name is jeremy and with me this week is rail splitter nick what happened in internet podcast universes and rail splitter mary hey rail splitters it is great to be back we actually recorded two episodes last time we recorded so the last two weeks we kind of took care of in one night so i feel like i haven't seen my crew in a few day, in a few well days weeks feels like forever so it's great to see the both of you Awesome to, be, to see the both of you too. To be back yeah, in the I feel like I don't even know you guys anymore. <laughs> Who are you? You know, we were we were good at keeping the one show per week, and we were keeping that up. But we did have a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a break because uh, Nick and I work in a public school, and Mary's starting a new position, so we were all kind of bogged down in work. I was finishing up my semester of my graduate work, so it was um, very very nice to. Uh, be able to get to work for a couple weeks but i do want to issue an apology um, i kind of took a break from the show altogether because i was immersed in quite a lot of work and i didn't get to a couple emails that some listeners had sent in so i wanted to thank you for emailing and i apologize that i was late in responding and if i have not yet responded i will respond uh, i can handle the email account and obviously i do it poorly um, so when we were kind of in that break from recording I did also take a break from uh, responding to email. Sorry. Um, I'm sure Nick's got several comments about the rate at which I respond to email at work as well. Uh, perhaps that's... Yes, if, if you send me something on Twitter, I'll put you in contact with some people here at school. Yeah, and you guys can vent together. I get a lot of email. So anyway, I really appreciate that. We encourage people to email us at therailsplitterpodcast at gmail.com. And I will do a better job, and I really, really appreciate it. Um, we had some kind words from one listener in particular that was very, very heartwarming to read. And I felt terrible that I didn't read it until right before we started recording today, um, uh, because I hadn't logged into our Gmail account. So I'll do better, uh, and hopefully we'll get a little better response. Uh, but thank you for everyone who has responded on Twitter, Instagram, email, and the Facebook group, keeping this going. Uh, today's topic, it's going to be a Mother's Day show. We're going to talk about the mothers in Lincoln's life, both the mother figures for him and maybe talk a little bit about Mary Lincoln as a parent as well. Before we get to that, uh, we do like to share some Lincoln-related news. Um, sometimes I think we focus quite a lot on our area of Illinois, but there was once again some Lincoln news happening here. The Lincoln Academy of Illinois every year has a list of inductees and this year they actually had the ceremony in rockford i was not able to attend but it was very cool that in our hometown where i live uh we did have um the lincoln association um the, excuse me lincoln academy was in town the lincoln laureates um one is rockford's own emily bear who's a uh, piano pianist a classical pianist um was kind of a she's only 16 now was kind of a protege when she was young 
the the great linebacker Dick Butkus um, was also he is now a Lincoln Laureate. These are now these are called Lincoln Laureates. Very cool. Uh, Stephen Chen, who went to the Illinois Math and Science Academy, which is a school for gifted kids that I actually visited last week as part of my graduate work, um, and I was sitting in a building that he donated. Stephen Chen is the founder and chief technology officer of YouTube. Um, so that is pretty cool. I'm pretty sure he has has some money, <laughs> a little bit of money. Um, from that venture, um, other Lincoln laureates, um, the great Melody Hobson, uh, who is the president of Aerial Investments, the chairman of Aerial Investments Board of Trustees. Um, she's been a director for Estee Lauder and Starbucks, um, lots of nonprofits in Chicago. Um, so she, I know her from a TED talk she gave on on race. Um, so very very inspirational person um, and very successful business person. Um, I try to avoid as much as I can identifying people by their spouse because she is obviously an amazing person in her own right, but her spouse is the maker himself, George Lucas. So someone like him gets, you know, we'll give him a little bit of a nod, but yeah, Melody Hobson, obviously a extremely successful in her own right. Um, and then there's a couple others. Um, a uh, business leader named Edward McMillan, who runs Purina Mills. A uh, Father Michael Garazzini, who uh, is a um, runs Loyola University. Um, and then David Rydell, who's from Rockford, who is the CEO of Bergstrom Incorporated, a very successful business person. And Louis Philipson, who's an MD, um, who does who's professor of medicine and endocrinology, diabetes, and metabolism at the University of Chicago. So a lot of scholars, business people, um, musicians, and a linebacker uh, were all uh, now Lincoln laureates. So um, it's interesting that Dick Butkus and Lincoln laureate is in the same sentence, but um, it's true. So I believe that's a place at the Coronado, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a former student uh, was filming out there. Vixen Productions. There's a couple of kids who uh, had as students were working it. So, and then the lady who runs that mentioned. Uh, I think I think George was there. I think I saw something out there saying she bumped into the creator of Star Wars. So what? Wow. I maybe I could be lying. I could have swore I saw that though. So maybe I did I not call that back. I didn't. Oh, yeah, okay. I, there was a lot of photos and stuff. So I don't know if. Um if if he was there or not it'd be pretty cool if he was i didn't hear that he was but so yeah i uh i don't i'm not a fan of identifying people by their spouse's accomplishments uh, obviously she's uh accomplished quite a lot in her own right but still it's pretty cool that uh george lucas may have been in our town this weekend um honoring his wife and of course uh dick buckus uh also now a lincoln laureate and we all know him very well as the star of my two dads as well as being a star for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> yeah, I actually had some former students, I think, working at the Coronado filming it. So, um, and I could have swore, yeah, they're Vixen Productions, local film company here in Rockford. So if you're in the area looking for some crew, look them up. Um, but yeah, and I think the lady who runs it said, mentioned something about bumping into George Lucas. So he might have been in Rockford. So 
And if that's true, and John Nicewander was not aware of this, he might have a heart attack when he finds out. You may remember John Nicewander. He was a guest on our Star Wars and Lincoln podcast, uh, which we just uh, tweeted out. Hopefully we caught a couple listeners uh, on Star Wars Day. Uh, he is a host of the Blockade Runner Star Wars podcast. Great show uh, over there at the Blockade Runner, so check that out. If uh, you're looking for a Star Wars podcast um, for um, something to check out. And then, of course, um, many of you may not know this, um, but the uh, the maker of Star Wars, actually, uh, Melody Hobson's husband. We'll do it that way. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so that was a little bit of Lincoln news. The Lincoln Academy of Illinois released their Lincoln laureates, and it was a big event for Rockford, Illinois. Our governor was here, and all of the uh, honorees were here as well. Pretty cool stuff. Um, it is Mother's Day right around the corner, so happy Mother's Day to everyone who is being honored this weekend. Hopefully you have a great day with your children and or grandchildren and or special People who are little or big, who knows, um, in your life that uh, you have a good Mother's Day. Uh, we are going to talk about the mothers in Abraham Lincoln's life. Um, he kind of had two motherly figures of significance, or he definitely had two mothers of significance that we're going to talk about. And time along, we will also talk a little bit about Mary Lincoln as a mother herself um, and kind of how that how history has kind of come to know that and i wanted to frame the conversation or start the conversation with an idea that was kind of planted um in my head at least um from nick and i's experience at the uh, association of lincoln presenters conference where we um saw obviously many many lincolns but also um a keynote speaker um, by Dr. I think well very soon to be Dr. Ian Hunt and he had a very interesting and compelling point in his speech that was many times oftentimes Lincoln fans tend to try to put Lincoln in even a higher stratosphere than he already is in American history by trying and um, many times successfully pushing other people down in his life. And I think that this is a good way to frame the conversation about his mothers um, and even Mary Lincoln in many ways where um, the narrative about other people in Lincoln's life, I think, gets altered by our desire to build him up even higher, to make him even more a hero. That was Ian Hunt's kind of part of his little mini thesis and part of his presentation. And I've been kind of turning that thought around in my head ever since. So I kind of want to get your thoughts because I am just going to put a statement out there and maybe let you, uh, Mary and Nick, kind of chat about it a little bit. I believe that not much is talked about with regard to either Lincoln's mother or Lincoln's stepmother because they were so strong in his life, such a positive influence that sometimes that gets overlooked. Oftentimes we talk about how Lincoln never went to school, how Lincoln taught himself to read, which is not true. He was taught to read by his stepmother. Um, we hear about how he was completely self-made. Um, we love to bash Thomas Lincoln and push him down as a villain and a lazy person and a failure um, in order to, to even create a bigger myth for Lincoln. A lot of historians are pushing back on that idea, saying that Thomas Lincoln was not those things. Uh, but I think that uh, the reason we don't talk a lot about his mothers is because it humanizes him in a way. Um, it kind of 
chips away at that myth that he was completely a self-made person. Um, and then on the other side of that, I think many, many times history has pushed Mary Lincoln down and made her into a bit of a villain again to raise Lincoln up, which is unfair. And I think she was obviously, um, a great mother, uh, and her role as a mother, I think greatly impacted, you know, her dealing with sorrow and depression. So do you think that history has been unkindly ignorant of Lincoln's mothers and unfairly treat and treated Mary Lincoln unfairly as a parent herself? Take it away. Either one of you. I know I, that was a super long statement to frame the conversation. So I got rambling. Sorry. Holy hell. Um, I do think Lincoln mythology, like the mythology of Lincoln and the self-made man has definitely grown over this. I kind of feel like history for a long time, at least when I was growing up, was presented to me like the WWE product. Oh, here we go. Like it was always presented with like these heroes and villains and you know never these gray area characters who might have had some flaw or some help along the way like john cena they're never going to talk about john cena breaking off his engagement with nikki bella like he just did um on the you know the wwe network because that will take away from his character and i think lincoln has been treated that way a long time and when you're actually talking about this this actually made me think of the andre the giant doc and then pretty much any story that comes along about Andre that would be like, holy smokes, yeah, that makes sense because he's so big. People like grab on to that. But then they brought up in the doc, like Andre was a sensitive guy. Um, he was known to have his feelings hurt. Like he lived in this world on his own. And I, I think that happens with Lincoln in a sense to where like we always want to say he's honest Abe, this self-made guy. And, and we saw this with the presenters too, Jeremy, when um, – like he didn't swear, he wasn't dirty, um, you know, just that, that kind of evolved. And I definitely think that extends over to um, how he was brought up, how he was raised. And then the fact that, like, we never really talk about the mother. I feel like you almost hear more about his stepmom than his actual mother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I understand some of that being that was, you know, in his later years growing up. Um, but, yeah, like, I, you don't really hear much about his mom without like going out there and searching for it, like virtually anything, at least that I can think of before I started getting into this podcast or becoming, you know, a history major and things like that. So, yeah. So it made me think of wrestling. That's what it made me think of. <laughs> now, for me, I, I think sometimes his, the role that both his mothers played gets downplayed a little bit, especially Nancy. Um, and I'm one that has searched for information about her and it's hard to find. Like there's not much known about her at all. Um, you know, she was born around 1784 and that's what I found is around that time. So there's no definite date of birth and it's apparently in Virginia and any source that like a couple sources I found, like said that it was illegitimate. Which right there, that's kind of like downplaying her to, to put that word in front, like, you know, with her illegitimate, that she was an illegitimate child. Um, and she moved to Kentucky in the 1780s with her family. Um, she ended up living with her aunt. And this is something I didn't know, but um, for a while she was known not as Nancy Hanks, but as Nancy Sparrow after her uncle. Um, 
but she like she's kind of an obscure figure in Lincoln's life yet she's somebody that I've always been fascinated by I think she because she was his mother and because he didn't have a close relationship with his father I often wonder what both his mother's relationship like they must have had some impact on him to for him to become the person he was yeah I think that that's um a very important point it's not like this magically and that's part of that myth that this magically happened you know like abraham lincoln is like the personification of the american dream it was 100 percent self-determination and of course that's absurd you know he had help along the way from many people not to take anything away from the self-made nature of his accomplishments obviously there's quite a lot of that but without any number of his friends in new salem or springfield or any number of his family members, um, you know, siblings, half siblings. Um, and obviously the topic of today's show, uh, wouldn't have happened. And I think, um, the, the thing that is passed down most directly in this case and in, in, in pretty much in every case is going to be values. You know, those are the first things you teach children, right? The first things we learn as humans is, and we learn many times from our parents just, through observation um but you know honesty and empathy and compassion and and those things you know from what little does uh survive about uh nancy hanks lincoln or nancy lincoln um is, is you know are those values um i also think that um an important thing to note about lincoln's parent or lincoln's mother's is the you know it does teach us a little bit about frontier life and i think if you know if i were teaching younger learners about abraham lincoln i think that it's important to note that um there was uh, a very important role filled by women in the frontier and when lincoln's mother died much of the rationale behind thomas lincoln remarrying was uh you, you, you it was next to impossible to have a functioning household even in complete poverty or almost complete poverty without without a woman that to, to basically run the show right um it was out of necessity as much as you know maybe or far more than a need for companionship i think on thomas's part not that that's not that that's completely lacking but um the kids would the children were not likely to survive without a mother um, certainly on the frontier. So, um, obviously gender roles were very well defined and not very enlightened and not very egalitarian. And that's not a good thing, but, um, I think it is important to note that, um, the role that the women played and certainly that both Nancy Lincoln and, um, then Sarah Johnson, who becomes Sarah Lincoln played is, uh, really indispensable. Um, many, many times, and we probably should have opened the show with, uh, Lincoln's famous quote, you know, everything, and I'll look it up here to get the quote exactly, but basically he says that everything he became, he owes to his angel mother. Um, and in that case, most everyone uh, believes that that is to mean his stepmother, uh, who was Sarah Bush Johnston and then married Thomas Lincoln to become Sarah Lincoln. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I did find a quote um, that was about, it was from 
William Herndon, who was describing Nancy Hanks Lincoln based on an interview after Lincoln's death with his cousin, Dennis Hanks. And it's the parallels with, with, with um, Nancy and her son are quite apparent in this. Um, so her face, her skin was dark, her hair was dark brown, eyes gray and small, forehead prominent, face sharp and angular, with a marked expression for melancholy, which fixed, its, fixed itself in the memory of all who ever saw or knew her. Though her life was clouded with the spirit of sadness, she was in disposition, amiable, and generally, generally cheerful. Yeah, and I think that that um, <laughs> it, it, it nicely parallels Lincoln himself. Mm -hmm. um, generally cheerful, but th with that underlying melancholy. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, physically, that's a good physical description. I think you could probably apply that to Lincoln. You know, this is like completely unscientific, but we do have uh, existing photographs of Thomas Lincoln, and he doesn't look much like Abraham Lincoln, so we can only guess <laughs> or make an educated guess that um, his mother probably, you know, he probably got more of his mother's um, appearance, at least physically. Um, I believe, you know, that it's fairly accepted that she was tall and thin, so there's a little bit of, of that. Um, and um, so, yeah, I do think that he's, he, he definitely took after his mother in that regard. Um, a couple things just about um, Nancy um Nancy Lincoln's um, death. Uh, it was in 1818. So Abraham Lincoln was nine years old when his mother passed, uh, which of course there's no way that that did not contribute in many ways to his depression, um, certainly as an adolescent and growing up. Um, in my preparation for this podcast, which is literally about three minutes ago, actually <laughs> while some of you were talking, um, being, you know, I come prepared. I just wanted all our listeners to know I come prepared. This is the Top Notch Podcast, folks. Uh, it's been a busy week in my defense. But anyways, I was on the website for Lincoln's Boyhood Home in Indiana. And it brought up a great point, which I never had thought till right now about uh, Nancy's death. You know, they lived in a one-room house. So that means they have to prep the body for burial in a one-room house. So just to be exposed to that at nine years old, talk about the impact on a child um, and kind of forcing a, a child to grow up quickly. And, you know, that definitely carried with, I would imagine it had to carry with them. Um, so this is something I never actually thought about to literally three minutes ago when I was preparing for the show that we were currently recording <laughs> about 10 minutes into. So. Nothing but the best here at the Real Sputter Podcast. Um, yeah, and I think it's, well, she died, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, she drank milk uh, tainted with a poisonous white snake root. Um, so I'm guessing what happened was uh, whatever cow or cattle or whatever the proper term is uh, ate some snake root or some plants with snake root. Um, uh, white snake root, snake root is a plant. I'm guessing a cow ate that and then it went into the milk so um the entire family could have easily died uh you know i think it goes to show just how fragile life was back then not that it's not fragile now but certainly not 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 nearly to the degree it was then um and and she died when when abraham lincoln was nine years old and you know literally helped bury her as as nick was saying um so that's... you know i never heard anybody die from drinking soda just want to throw that out there <laughs> 
That's a fact. You could check me on that. I'm pretty confident. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some cardiologists and uh, <laughs> some, you know, people who talk about sugar and diets. They don't disagree. They don't know nothing. They don't know nothing. Um, Fake news. But yeah, I mean, really, uh, so Abraham Lincoln was without uh, a mother figure really just for 14 months um, when his father Thomas, um, which is another story that I think gets blown up a little bit where he left the kids, which it is shocking, Mm -hmm. but I can't imagine it was like completely incongruous with like the time period. I think in those times it would have been accepted. Like his sister would have had the means to look after the two of them. Right. How old was his sister at this time? I believe she's 12. Oh, come on. That's brought upon now. I think that's perfectly. That's what eighth grade. Uh, seventh. Yeah. I would trust the seventh grader with a child for days and days on end. Three months. I mean, it was for three months that he was gone. Oh, come on. 90 days. Piece of cake. And when she or when when Sarah arrived, she reprimanded Thomas for the state the kids were in because they looked like, quote unquote, wild animals, apparently. Um, I believe that. I believe that 100 percent. But, you know, sister probably did a pretty good job, did what she could. Right. The fact that they were alive when they got back after three months, I chalked that up as a win. Um, Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, they. Yeah, I'm not giving them a pass. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not giving them a pass for saying like, oh, it was 1818. People just left kids all the time. Like, not what I'm saying, but what I am saying is, like, I don't think he should have been arrested for, like, neglect like he would now. No. Like, you know, I don't think it was that extreme. Like, it was, uh, you know, not maybe not gross negligence, but, like, horribly irresponsible. I don't know if that, you know, if I'm drawing yeah, a, a proper parallel were, here. but There may have been relatives close by, but, you know... Yeah, it it wouldn't have been done today, but I think back then it was something that I don't know, not necessarily accepted, but you know, had to be done, I guess. Don't they do that in Canada currently? Uh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's free yeah, healthcare. What do we What do I need to watch them for? They can they get free free healthcare. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, I I, I don't think. You know, it's it's a interesting. Uh, I feel like I say interesting too often on this show, but anyway, it's very compelling to me that that Lincoln loses his mother, gets this the stepmother. You know, what fifteen months? Well, no, it'd be what seventeen months later, um, and how important she becomes for him. Um, and she also brings some children of her own, right, with her. So like mm-hmm. now, all of a sudden, we've got kind of a Brady Bunch situation where we go from. You know, three distraught people trying to trying to survive, essentially, to now this, like, home in, in many ways where there's m- many people. And Sarah Lincoln does a really nice job of providing for her children uh, and for Abraham and his sister Sarah. Um, and they really kind of make a family out of it. And uh, I think this idea that Lincoln grows up, uh, you know, very much on his own is is apocryphal it's just not true he he had a a, very much a family um Mm -hmm. with with when when his stepmother came came around um and the famous quote um which i think is just beautifully said as many lincoln quotes are um, about uh sarah lincoln all that i am or hope to be i owe to my angel mother um which i think is the height of compliments um and i do think that that is often uh, 
overanalyzed into him, like, mm-hmm. you know, disrespecting his father by saying all that I am, I owe to my mother. And that's a way for him to, to get back at his dad. I think that that's a little over, <laughs> overstated. I, I don't, I don't think he's passive aggressively trying to disrespect his father, you know, by giving a compliment to somebody else. That's really just not in his character. You know, I think if he had something to say, he would have said it instead of like backhandedly saying like, I'm going to compliment someone else as a way of insulting you. Not his style. I think that that was a real pure statement of love for uh, his, his stepmother who really had quite, quite a hand in raising him. And I do think emphasized reading and helped him to learn to read and to learn to read at a high level. Um, not to say that he wasn't self-talks, he certainly was, but, uh, this idea that he was a 100%, you know, cradle grave, a self-directed learner is just not accurate. He had very little schooling, but he had frontier schooling, um, from, from his, his stepmother. I completely agree with you. And she very much enriched his life. Like when she arrived, she, you know, they, added floorboards to the cabin they lived in because it was a a dirt floor and she said we need floorboards Um, but not only that she brought books with her too and as you said jeremy encouraged lincoln to read and i'm sure had like she had a huge impact on his life yeah yeah for sure and and there are some quotes where like she saw something special in him and she saw that he was bright Mm -hmm. Um, which kind of gets to that innate quality in him. And, I, and I'm not saying that that doesn't exist. It absolutely does. But no one lives on an island. Like, it, t- it does take a village. And in this case, um, it's very much there. But she's got some great quotes about him saying, you know, he's the best boy I ever saw. Um, he never gave me a cross word, never refused, in fact, or in appearance to do anything other than what I requested. Uh, never told a lie in his life. Uh, never evaded, never equivocated, never dodged. So these are all, you know, possibly hyperbole, but still, she's saying, you know, he was just just an excellent person. So, like, there is that. He does have a lot of innate goodness, obviously. He became the greatest figure in American history. Not denying that, but I do think that we get a little carried away sometimes. And I think that that Ian Hunt's point was well taken, that um, we've got to give credit where credit was due, specifically to his mother and his stepmother. Um, and, uh, and I do think that um, oftentimes we kind of overlook that a little bit. Do you think, going back to your original question that you started all this with, like them not getting their fair shake, do you think it's a, for both of you, do you think it's a form of like class discrimination? Meaning, you know, like they came from very meager beginnings. Do people tend to stereotype saying, oh, that means they must not have you know, um, parents who care about them. You know, I, I think you see some of that um, thought process in some in current society. Do we just apply that to, oh, his family must have been absent because they were such meager, um, you know, for the standards or whatever standards you're rating them to. You guys get what I'm saying there? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, and I... It's not, they're not completely overlooked. Like, obviously, they exist in every biography. They're given their credit very much so in, in most scholarly works. I'm more talking about, like, when you go into the museum, you don't see them at all. Like, you go into that, they do show the, like, the, 
the cabin, the one room cabin. Um, it, they are mentioned in like the the stuff you read, but there's you know it's just when you, when you think of Ab- you know or maybe this is just me, but when I think of Abraham Lincoln growing up in that one room cabin that's crowded, like that whole story just doesn't tend to have this like nurturing mother figure in the story you know like i just feel like they never really say like people loved him there and taught him things and provided food for him and and really loved him (laughs) you know like that that kind of gets it's it, it really gets rolled into this like it was the hardest possible way to grow up they had one room they had to grow their own food they had to kill their own food um he couldn't wait to get the hell out of there took a trip on a riverboat got went to new salem worked his tail off went to springfield worked even harder you know like it's very i think that piece of it gets overlooked um many i think it's hard for people to think that like in hard situations that you can be loving and caring you know Mm -hmm. you can have a hard circumstance been dealt a bad hand but still have a family around you that loves you that nourishes you that gives you the guidance i think that's hard for people to wrap their mind around i i agree with you nick it is and i think that lincoln was very much nurtured by both of his mothers like nancy and sarah and it does get overlooked um as you said jeremy like it's not in museums you know and for me like i've like every so often i will go on this random search of information for nancy lincoln and for sarah like, I want to know more. I want to know more of what they, like, the influence they had on him, because I'm convinced that they had um, a bigger influence than what history leads us to believe generally about him. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, especially especially Sarah, uh, Lincoln's mm-hmm. stepmother. I mean, Nancy Lincoln obviously gave birth to him and, you know, uh, nurtured him, kept him safe in a time where, you know, infant mortality was very high and, um, you know, dealt with moving the family from Kentucky to Indiana and, you know, all those things. Uh, but she was in his life for a short time. Um, and, you know, her death, I think, was certainly a, a huge impact on Lincoln's psyche. Um, and then Sarah Lincoln really being who he referred to as his angel mother, um, just very, very much, um, I think it's very important um, to give them some respect because they played both of those women played an, an extremely integral role in where we are as a country. You could argue because without Abraham Lincoln, where would we be? And without the two of them, where would he have been? So, um, yes, and I do think that that one, it's overlooked trying to make Lincoln's upbringing to appear that much more harsh. I also think it's overlooked to try to paint Thomas Lincoln in an even more negative light. Like, you know, he's this kind of shiftless wanderer type figure. Um, and when you think about um, him, him, you know, being in relationships and, and loving another person and having a family, it doesn't really fit that motif quite as well. So um, I think the myth of Lincoln's upbringing gets in the way of these two women who played a huge role um, in his life for sure. So uh, those uh, so respect to Nancy and Sarah Lincoln. Let's uh, turn our attention to Mary Lincoln on this special Mother's Day episode of the Rail Splitter, um, and talk a little bit about Mary Lincoln on Mother's Day and her role as a parent. 
um, much different um, probably than Lincoln's angel mother. Um, her story, at least as a parent, is certainly one that is told through the lens of grief and loss, um, and probably, obviously, rightly so. Um, she had four boys, um, Robert, Willie, uh, Eddie, and Tad. I think I screwed the order up, but um, and she lost all but Robert in her lifetime, uh, which is just um, something that is so devastating that it is difficult to put into words. But um, we talked in our Mary Lincoln episode about uh, interpretations of her mental state, her handling of grief, possibly her depression, excuse me, her depression. But I think uh, from what I've read about Mary Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln, both um, was that that grief really, really um, played a huge role in their parenting. And it, to me, it's fascinating to look at how Mary Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln raised their sons differently before and after they lost Eddie and Willie specifically. Um, it feels like Robert had a much more strained relationship with Abraham Lincoln. Um, and Mary Lincoln had a very, very close relationship with Robert Lincoln. Um, I think that there's a lot to be said about the timing when Robert Lincoln was growing up. That was when Abraham Lincoln was very much doing the circuit lawyer thing, um, very much buried in work, trying to make a living as a successful lawyer. Um, and much of Robert's um, upbringing fell to Mary. Um, and they, I think, were very, very close. Um, and that impacted the strained relationship between Abraham Lincoln and Robert Lincoln. I also feel that that might be a little bit overplayed as well. Um, I know that that really was played up quite a lot in the Hollywood version of Spielberg's Lincoln, that they had a strained relationship. However, I think that Mary's affection for Robert was very well portrayed in that film, and her very, very staunch opposition to him uh, going to war. Yeah, I mean... The heartbreak that Barry went through, you know, in her life, losing that many children, a husband, um, you know, it, like you said, it's mind boggling. And just from the White House years, you think about, you know, um, losing a child, you lose your husband, and then now you got another child you're trying to raise here um, and trying to do everything that you can um, to bring him up and, you know, um, I think a reaction shows that she was a deed of carried mother and it was such heartbreak that I don't know that, I mean, you could easily make the argument that she truly never got over it and rightfully so for any mother, I think. Yeah. I don't think she ever got over the deaths of any of her children at all. And she was truly a caring mother. Right. And I think, well, I think Eddie's death gets lost a lot to the narrative it does. as well because he died before, before the Lincoln's, came to Washington before Lincoln was president. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, um, where because it happened early, um, we kind of get this idea that Robert Lincoln was just way older than his brothers when he wasn't, there was, there was a, a birth and a death in there, um, with, with Eddie Lincoln. Um, and in the, the fact that Willie died in the white house, um, you know, and it was so tragic and it was kind of surrounded by famous events and, um, and he and Tad were so close. 
kind of becomes the story, uh, but I think that she was kind of dealing with a lot of grief already. So, well, and then Robert, you know, being old, this bring me to another doc I watched. Um, but um, that had to be tough for it because there had to be a change in the family. Um, you know, when Eddie dies, um, and for him to cope with that, see that, who knows how Mary and Abraham truly changed and responded to that. I mean, that could have a life altering. Um, you know, impact on Robert and the Gary Shanley doc. That's out. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Um, the whole doc kind of goes through his life, and a big focus of it was his brother died, like when he was very young, like in his teens, and that impacted kind of the rest of his life. And it led to like kind of like this hostility in a sense that he had towards his mother because they didn't let him go to the visitation or the funeral, and I think he kind of held resentment against his mother for that. So you don't know if like a dynamic like that evolved with Robert and Mary, I, you know, that had to be extremely tough. And you know, the family dynamics had to shift and change. And sometimes when you are in kind of, do we know the age of Robert at that time? When, when Eddie died? Yeah. I can find out. So, you know, th that's something he's going to have embedded in his head. You know, it right. just had to be a very tough moment. And um, maybe that created even more distance between them over the years. Right. No, I, I agree. And I think sometimes it, when I'm reading biographies about Lincoln, it sometimes seems like Eddie's death gets over, like just kind of, it's quickly discussed. Yeah. Robert, Todd, Robert, Robert Lincoln was six. Oh, six. All right. When Eddie died. So yeah, I mean, that's obviously if you're, if you lose a sibling at six, it's not gonna, it's not something you just brush off. No. And that's one of your probably first memory, you know, that's when you start to develop some of those mm -hmm. first powerful memories that stick with you too. Yeah, for I sure. Like a, I sound like a plane to shrink. I'm only a shrink on a podcast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> me too, but like trying to, well, trying to, to put that into, and I think that you have six year old Robert Lincoln who, you know, and there's a lot of societal things with him being the oldest and him being male where, you know, he was looked at and, and the expectations for him were probably a little different, but the way that Mary Lincoln um, and then Abraham Lincoln, of course, raised um, Willie and Tad, um, by most accounts, they were very laid back. They kind of gave him the run of the White House. Not a lot of rules, not a lot of emphasis on school. Um, kind of let them let them play, let them let them just kind of be. Uh, you, I have to think that that a lot of those parenting decisions, if they were even decisions, were based on. Uh, losing Eddie, seeing uh, Robert lose his brother, try to deal with that grief in an era where psychotherapy wasn't even a thing yet, uh, depression wasn't even a diagnosis yet. Um, you just wore black and were in mourning, and then you moved on, right? Or at least ostensibly moved on. So I do think that, that, that Mary Lincoln as a mother... Um, we have to assume that that death of Eddie Lincoln was extremely important. And I do think that, um, that, that it does get overlooked often because, you know, I don't need, there's like very few photos of Eddie, um, you know, and, and, and the circumstance around his, his passing are, are very, um, not, 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 not talked about nearly as much because there wasn't a white house reception going beneath, you know, going on downstairs while he was very, very ill and, you know, he didn't travel in the Lincoln funeral train after being, you know, uh, interred briefly in Washington, D.C. 
Um, so there's a lot of issues, that, and I, so I understand why why he's not as well known and his death is not as as talked about as often. But still, I think it's very important to look at Mary Lincoln's evolution as a mother. And I also think that um, from what I've read and kind of what I've learned about about Abraham Lincoln is when he was confronted with that grief, he really buried himself in work and, and really ramped up his ambition with work as an escape. You know, some people may turn to substances and self-medicate. Some people may completely shut down. It sounds like the historic record would support that Abraham Lincoln decided to work. Um, and that was his way of, of kind of escaping the situation, which I think um, also had a huge impact on Mary Lincoln as a parent because she becomes in many ways a single parent for long stretches of time when um, Abraham Lincoln's out on the road doing the circuit lawyer thing. You know, traveling in those days was slow. So, you know, the entire time he's going out to doing the Cooper Union speech and, and making appearances, um, he's just not there. So um, she kind of raised the children on her own. Um, and, you know, Lincoln's affection for his children, of course, can't be understated. Abraham Lincoln's very, very well known. But you have to give credit to, to Mary Lincoln as the very, in, in many ways, the primary, um, uh, you know, caregiver, I guess, person who raised those boys. And it's got to be tough too in a marriage, to where, especially when you have all this tragedy, to have two people mourn in completely different ways, That's and that, in ways that don't really complement each other. You know, um, so that had to be difficult as well. And, you know, um, I don't know for this for sure, too. It kind of seemed like it was taboo at that time to talk about an issue like this and to put it out there on the table. So um, which I, I don't know if there's some historical doctors that show that they did. But, you know, that had to be very tough on the marriage um, and led to some definitely difficult times, I would imagine. Well, na- now, yeah. Na- and Sorry, Mary. Nowadays. Uh, it's very, very common for people who lose a child to end up divorced. Like, it's very, very common. And I think there's a reason for that is it's difficult to grieve and to look at somebody, you know, and, and have those feelings not come up. It's, it's very true. And, I mean, there's that scene I'm remembering from the movie Lincoln where they're arguing and they're discussing... Willie's death and he says I would have sent you to the madhouse you know and it, it that basically outlines the different ways they mourn the loss of their son right there that's a very powerful sad scene and I remember watching it in the theater and just like being brought to tears by it like I can't imagine what that would have been like yeah and, and I think that sometimes people overlook that because because kids died a lot then you know yeah. <laughs> like um, like, oh, yeah, but that was, you know, life expectancy was much shorter than, well, like, I don't think the human condition changed or was different. Like, no, you still mourned your child. Right. For, right. It wasn't like, oh, know? well, we get it. That's why we have six, because we're probably going to lose two. Like, that was we're not a thing. Moved. You know, yeah, no, exactly. That right. That's not that's not the way it is now. And it was not the way it was then. Like, people did it because they had no choice. They wanted to, you know, they they had to have more children because some of them may not make it to adulthood, but, you you know, the biological and psychological and spiritual connection you have with your children, I don't think is anything that's changed because infant mortality rates are down. Um, 
but yeah. Well, this blows down to the simple thought that a parent always expects to outlive their child. Right. I mean, vice versa. I said that totally wrong. <laughs> that a parent always expects their child to outlive them. Right. Yes. And yeah, I think you never, yeah, you never want to bury yeah. your kids. They always say, yeah. and, and God, I, you know, that is what everybody wants. And then we just had a, yeah, I just was, I just had my first, I, I started a new class and one of our first activities was to get to know everybody and we had to say something we feared. And it was like everyone who was a parent feared something bad happened to their kids. You know I mean? That's just what happens. Um, and really to bring this, this episode full circle, uh, Sarah Lincoln did outlive Abraham Lincoln. She lived to be, mm-hmm. To, to quite an old age for the time, and she, she did not pass away, I believe, until 1868. So, uh, 1869, excuse me. So, um, she she was able to kind of eulogize Abraham Lincoln in many ways and kind of come back, you know, not even come back, but come into to some, to the spotlight and, and talk about um, her, her son, her stepson, in, in very, very positive and, and loving ways. I mean, she ended up uh, she ended up being buried in a dress that, that Abraham Lincoln gave her the last time he saw her. So, um, yeah, Nick, that's a very good point. No one wants to uh, outlive their children, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that uh, Mary Lincoln did for three of them uh, because Tad died at eighteen, um, obviously, is it was quite traumatic for her. But um, I think when we look at her on this Mother's Day episode as a parent. It's important to give respect to that loss and to really, if we're analyzing who she was as a mother, I think that it's impossible to do so without really looking at, at her loss. Um, and also it's, you know, uh, Robert Lincoln um, did grow up to be, to be quite an accomplished statesman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did lead a life that made a difference for a lot of folks um, and ended up, you know, as a secretary of war and a very well re- well respected person, obviously, a little bit of that was trading off of his name for sure. Um, but I don't think anybody lists him as a as a negative person, a bad person, you know, somebody um, that that would be infamous for any reason. So, you know, they did something right when they raised Robert Lincoln. He went to Harvard and <laughs> was pretty successful. So um, he obviously didn't do right by her in many ways from a mental health standpoint and for a compassion standpoint. Um, but if we're judging people in their time period, it's possibly a little bit more passable. Um, I think looking back at that historic, you know, hindsight, clearly not the right decision to, um, put his mother, uh, in an asylum and, and to, to do that. But then again, we're talking about eras where mental health was not a consideration in any real way. Uh, so, um, clearly made the wrong choice but i don't think that that was due to a failure on her part as a mother and we're really talking about her as a mother on today's episode for mother's day so uh any other thoughts before we get to our this week in lincoln about uh, either of lincoln's mothers or mary lincoln as a mother nope that was perfect perfect episode flawless Nick's giving it his stamp of approval, so that is outstanding. I, I agree with Nick. All right, so uh, Nick, uh, I wanted to yeah, thank thank you for uh, giving your time to the show this week. Nick is preparing for a very huge event at our school where he his project honoring American veterans has its kind of culminating evening called the Vet Doc Gala. So if anybody's in Northern Illinois and wants to see some of that good work, um, it is free admission at Harlem High School in Chesney Park, Illinois. 
Um, and we'll try to drop some links out to the, some of the students' work. Um, but I know how, how extremely hard uh, Nick and his uh, partner in, in all things professional and personal, Kira, are working this week. So um, thanks for taking time for the show and keep up the good work. And I know you're going to have a couple late nights ahead of you. Um, but yeah thank you nick um we thank always you guys thank oh, you <laughs> you are welcome nick we always turn to abraham lincoln for our inspiration and in the second inaugural he tells us that we should uh care for he who had, who has borne the battle and his widow uh and his children uh so when we are talking about that of course we're talking about the american veteran and nick does great work to carry on that legacy from the second inaugural in honoring american veterans so so if you don't come to harlem high school saturday at four that means not only do you hate lincoln you hate veterans (laughs) not exactly how i would have stated it but yeah there you go so um and i do want to state once again i apologize for not getting the emails in a more timely fashion but we did get an email from someone that was super super heartwarming i really appreciated it and in that email the sender i didn't i didn't check with her ahead of time so i don't want to use her name without her permission but uh she put hashtag team all three so two of us are touched by that and one of us is just going to pretend that that said hashtag team nick obviously she knows how fragile you two are we just saw my reaction on camera so very very thoughtful so i thought that was very cool so um we, very, very, very thankful for that. Thank you for listening. And of course, we cannot leave you, dear listeners, without our weekly installment of This Week in Lincoln. And I think your congratulations are in order. Curtis Stangy, the brother of Hashtag Team, Team Nick, provided some nuptials this past weekend. He is now a married man. Congratulations to Nick and Dana. Not Nick and Dana, Curtis and Dana. Uh, for getting married, but I believe Nick has a gift associated with that wedding in some way. Yeah, we also Curtis, a thank you for like half our this week in Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, that like. is true. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was the best man, of course. <laughs> so I was in the wedding party, um, and I gave a killer speech. Just for the record, uh, good divorce joke, uh, making fun of me to start it off. You know, the way every best man speech should. Divorce um, jokes at weddings, always welcome, yeah, I'm sure. Awesome. <laughs> um, but anyways, so, you know, tradition is since you're in a wedding party, you get like a gift. So what he did is, which was quite thoughtful, actually, instead of going with like the standard, you know, mug, flask, whatever, he got us basically, you guys might have seen this, like old vinyl records. Um, are made into like artwork mm-hmm. and then they're turned into a clock basically. So he had one created um, for me, um, Abraham Lincoln. It says, I think four scores um, and it's kind of got the silhouette of Lincoln. So it's really neat. Uh, I thought it was thoughtful too. So it kind of put a, um, it showed that he put some thought into it. So um, yeah, and I shot that out to you guys. I also wore my Lincoln socks, of course, to the wedding. Awesome. Um, and May 4th, I wore my Star Wars shoes with my other pair of Lincoln socks. So I was representing the show as well as Star Wars, um, as well as my family and my brother. So, yeah. And awesome. then we'll put that picture out there for everybody to see. Excellent. So congratulations, Curtis and his uh, new spouse, Dana, on your new adventures in life together. 
I believe they're in Europe on their honeymoon now. If Facebook is not lying to me, don't rob it their house. Not. Don't rob their house. Um, so I listened to this episode three times on the flight back. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so congratulations, Curtis. Um, and I'm glad that your brother made a good divorce joke. Uh, your gift was amazing. An Abraham Lincoln vinyl clock. Uh, Nick, when you were in my wedding, what did I give you? I think a Cubs jersey. Yes. Do you remember what, <laughs> when you were in my wedding? I gave you a a Bears jersey of a guy who got like traded the next year. No, it was Alex Brown. I remember it well. <laughs> number ninety six. So I got Ramirez for a Cubs. Jersey. Oh, did you? Yeah, there you go. That was uh, yeah, a long time ago, almost twelve years ago. So anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. And it is a Mother's Day episode, so I would like to wish a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, especially my mom, whose name is Nancy, just like Abraham Lincoln's mom. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. And, of course, uh, she's also a very special Grandma Nancy as well. And I know she listens. So, uh, Mom slash Grandma Nancy, happy Mother's Day. Hope you enjoyed the episode. To all the other mothers out there. I better there. say happy Mother's Day to my mom in case she does happen to listen, which she doesn't. So, And then, Mary, you should probably wish your mom. Yeah, I, happy Mo- Mother's Day to my mom, Pat, Patricia, Patty, <laughs> all the names that you're known by. Thanks for all, always putting up with my linking obsession since I was six years old. That is awesome. So happy Mother's Day, Mama Patty. I also have a mother-in-law named Patty who grew up in Springfield and has a huge role in my obsession with Lincoln because she is the reason that I visit Springfield all the time because of her mother, Grandma Phyllis, great grandma. Happy Mother's Day as well. Uh, still lives in Springfield and we visit her all the time and get my Lincoln fixed. So... Once again, Mom, and to all the mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. Please enjoy your day. Uh, Make sure that your kids do everything that you ask them to do for at least one day of all 365. That's probably the only one you're going to get. So um, enjoy your Mother's Day, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Mother's Day episode of the Railsplitter, the Abraham Lincoln Podcast. Please give us a rating or review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at RailsplitterPod, Instagram, same handle, RailsplitterPod. And you can always email us at the Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com, or join our Facebook by just searching for the Railsplitter. So for Railsplitter Nick and Railsplitter Mary, I am Railsplitter Jeremy, wishing you a happy Mother's Day and asking you to continue to walk the world with malice toward none and with charity for all. And we'll see you next week.